0: The FT. Entrepreneurs challenge the rules and change the game. We should know. At Raya, we've worked closely with all kinds of entrepreneurs, developing innovative tools to help protect and accelerate their plans. Raya, It's business, but it's personal.
1: Welcome to the last podcast in the Financial Times' Deals and Dealmakers series. I'm Anusha Sakui, the FT's Mergers and Acquisitions Correspondent. It is widely expected in the deal-making world that M&A activity this year will be down on last, when takeover volumes are already at low levels. It's often said that deal-making is linked to growth and stability in markets, and without either, it's easy to explain why M&A volumes are low. But 2012 has been a fascinating year, with controversy stirring deals dominating the headlines. This week we have seen an investor backlash over a $20 billion bid by US mining group Freeport-McMoran to buy two oil companies. Much of my year was spent reporting on the many twists and turns in the long-running battle by commodity trader Glencore to take over Extrata. That deal looks set to be one of the biggest to be completed in recent years, but ultimately led to the miners' top executives being forced out. We have also seen deal-making on new frontiers, with Chinese international M&A at record high levels. To tell us what's in store for next year are Charlie Jacobs, M&A partner at Linklaters, Piers Pritchard-Jones, M&A partner at Freshfields, and Jan Scarbeck, head of UK investment banking at City. Jan, if I could start with you, why have so many deals had such a bad reception this year or been tricky to complete?
0: I think there's probably a few reasons I'd point to generically across all transactions. Firstly, in the environment we're in, it's difficult to agree valuation. Secondly, I think we've seen much more evidence of shareholder proactivity in transactions, even once announced. Thirdly, uh, the scrutiny of boards and management by their shareholders in transaction is much greater. And lastly, uh, I think that the regulatory hurdles and indeed the politicisation of regulation has increased.
1: Charlie, I'm not going to ask you to comment on the Glencore Extrata deal directly because you are involved in it and it's still ongoing. But can you tell us uh, what we've learned from that deal and others this year that have had a sort of tricky time?
2: And as you say, I won't comment on that deal. But I think you are seeing three trends in larger M&A. Uh, one, that shareholders are becoming ever more vocal on areas such as governance. Two, the regulatory piece is touched on by Jan. It's becoming ever more time-consuming and intensive. And thirdly, there just appear to be many more stakeholders nowadays that need satisfying, Uh, whether that's governments, regulators, third parties, trade unions on employee sides. All of those people have views they all need listening to, and it all takes time.
1: The shareholder piece comes up a lot, Piers. Um, Would you agree with what they said?
3: No, absolutely. I think uh, shareholders are encouraged now to be more activists publicly, whereas in the past perhaps they did their activism behind closed doors. Uh, I also think that there is a degree of competition in the fund management industry where people are after a diminishing pool of, of investment and fund managers uh, increasingly are are having to become more high profile to attract that investment and that obviously governs uh, and informs how they behave on transactions.
1: Do you think deals will continue to be as, as difficult as they have been next year?
3: I think there is every possibility that they will do. I don't think deals are going to become less complex. Uh, I think there will continue to be regulatory complexities. As Charlie has said, there will continue to be uh, numerous stakeholders that will have to be uh, dealt with and addressed. Uh, And I think shareholders, for so long as there is volatility and instability at the macroeconomic level, will continue to have concerns about strategy and valuation. And I think for all those reasons, 2013 will probably see more of the same.
1: Um, You've obviously got visibility on what may be happening behind the scenes now between companies that we'll find out in future, but can you give us some idea of what the drivers behind those deals are?
3: Yes, sure. I think there are a number of different strands to this, but one of the key strands is that companies in developed nations are increasingly looking, as they have done in 2012, to emerging markets for growth. And I think companies are Uh, seeing increasingly challenges in emerging markets as well as opportunities. And I think you'll continue to see that in 2013. You'll see that in a number of different sectors, but pharma being an obvious one. There are lots of opportunities for pharma companies in China. Whether they will actually bear fruit is to be seen. You'll also see, on the flip side, emerging markets uh, investing in developed economies, and that's partly because of depressed valuations uh, in in developed markets, but also because I think certain emerging markets economies are becoming bolder about investing in, in those sorts of markets.
1: Yeah, and can I ask you what you think will be the exciting sectors um, or countries next year?
0: Sure, I, I agree with peers. And because I'm a banker, I'll put some numbers on it. Even this year, 2012 year-to-date, cross-border M&A accounted for a third of global M&A. And 47% of global M&A, i.e. almost half involved at what we would define as an emerging market, which are just staggering statistics compared to five or let alone 10 years ago. So to go back to your question, what, what types of transactions, what type of sectors? It is a little bit like gazing into a crystal ball, but I think the features that one can be sure will be there are that people will be very keen to find growth in an environment where capital is for the strong, not scarce. So there will be investment into emerging markets. There will be investment out of emerging markets. There will be demergers where you only need to agree with yourself to do the transaction. Uh, And some of those will be pressured by activist shareholders, as we've seen a lot of in the US. And there will also, I think, be mergers where two companies that stand alone are short of growth ideas come together and eke out synergies to drive growth in the short term. Sectorally, I think in a way that's even harder. Uh, As a matter of fact, the sectors that have seen greatest growth in volumes globally in M&A this year are consumer and energy. And perhaps one can rationalise that as being sectors where uh, the short-term uh, impact on valuation is is most obvious, and people who are prepared to take a longer-term view have seen opportunity.
1: Charlie, I want to ask you. There's been a lot of talk of you know further consolidation in sectors, potentially very big deals. Um, you know, BG, for example, has been a, a rumored takeover target. What are your hot tips for next year? How big do you think the deals are that we could see?
2: I think in the oil and the energy side, I'm less convinced there's going to be a huge amount of of mega mergers. I think what you will see in that sector is increased divestment activity from some of the oil and gas majors um, as they focus on what's core and not core by way of assets and uh, and geographies. In that sector, you're also seeing increased uh, interest from financial investors. And uh, like in the mining sector, I think on the oil and gas side, with a focus on capital and capital discipline, I think you're going to find some of the startup up and early-stage companies being quite vulnerable and a sort of year of haves and have-nots. And I think if you've got cash, um, you could well be active in 2013. I think if you haven't and you're cash-constrained, you could be vulnerable.
1: One of the things I get asked a lot about is uh, regulation, antitrust, and how that plays into deals As we have two lawyers here, are there any tips that you could say for listeners who want to get some insight into how antitrust regulation is, is affecting deals?
2: I touched on it earlier, just saying that I think the, the regulatory piece is, uh, is, is really front and centre now. I think there's many more countries, if you go back over sort of 15, 20 years, that now have regulatory regimes, and when you're doing large cross-border transactions, it's no longer a case of just looking at kind of Europe and the States. Uh, you have to do a good, a good analysis of where else filing is going to be required. And you're also finding in some of these, um, some of these other geographies, particularly in some of the emerging markets, the time periods for that antitrust period are less defined um, and uh, and then trying to structure your transaction and your timetables around some of those timetables can be a challenge and we're planning the, for.
1: Piers, have there been any surprises?
2: Um, no, I think there... Uh, I agree with Charlie.
3: There are now over a 100 different merger control um, authorities um, and on any transaction there are a myriad of authorities that will have a say in it. Um, I think a lot of people... Uh, underestimate the the timetable implications of, uh, of 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 getting a merger control clearance, and also a lot of people perhaps underestimate that uh, a merger control antitrust authority, whilst although uh, it 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 is defined by uh, looking at merger control issues, often its remit is a bit broader than that, and you find that non merger <laughs> control issues um, play a part in their decision making. So I, I, I agree that it, it is a challenging
0: environment in which to be operating on the regulatory side. Jan? Yeah. You've had two answers from two lawyers, and I wholeheartedly agree with them. I think that the point that shouldn't be missed is, and we each mentioned it in our first comments, between increased political hand within what we might refer to as regulation and I would say also national interest. In my opinion this hurdle has got higher in the last few years and it's staying high.
1: Well that gives us plenty to chew on over Christmas. Uh, Thanks to my guests for joining me. Remember you can access the full deals and dealmakers report at ft.com forward slash dealmakers. Thank you for listening and goodbye.
3: For more downloads go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.